CPA and CFP Don Cash has made it his life's work to help people like you plan their finances and achieve their retirement goals. It's time for your money and your life. Hey everybody, welcome into Your Money and Your Life. Thanks for tuning into the podcast with Don and I as we talk investing finance and retirement. Don, my friend, what's going on this week? How you doing? Mark, good. We're doing good. And uh, yeah, just trying to get back into um, more normal life and opening some stuff up that was closed before. So looking good, getting a lot warmer, I'll tell you that. Sticky, humid. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Well, you know, normal is certainly interesting in 2020. I think we'd all like a <laughs> refund on 2020. Obviously, things all over the country are still, we've got COVID and a lot of unrest, and there's just so much stuff going on. How's things in your neck of the woods on the on that front? Anyway, from the standpoint of the unrest, uh, you know, certainly uh, we're close to New York, and it seems like everything's going on around here, doesn't it, Mark? Here, uh, in the, a whole country's the, got stuff. But yeah, yeah, New York. Well, yeah, when it comes to the unrest, for yeah. sure, it started in Minneapolis and then kind of spread out. But um you know, I remember back in in the '60s, we had this uh, a lot of protests in uh, late '60s around here in the cities, uh, in Newark and Camden and Trenton and New York, and they had riots and stuff. It's very similar to what's going on now. So, uh, you know, it seems like this. Unfortunately, it, it just never goes away, right? We've been dealing with this on and off over the past fifty well, years yeah, or more, yeah. right? And uh, it's it's just sad to say it uh, it breaks my heart. Yeah, I mean, uh, hopefully we'll continue to move our way towards a better tomorrow. That's for sure for everyone. But uh, we'll we'll turn our attentions to what we do here on this program, which is talk about economics and investing and finance. And glad to see that more places are starting to open up when it comes to the you know the virus and getting people hopefully back to work soon and all those kinds of things. So the economic topic that dominates the news uh, is that you know it's just that is reopening the economies as well as the uh, the high level of unemployment. Uh, that is oddly coupled with the rise of stock markets all over the world. So how can we have both a tremendously high level of unemployment, Don, in a stock market that has been going back up since the fall in March? Yeah, you know, it seems weird, right? I mean, you know, how do we have unemployment rates at 15%, 30 million claims for unemployment benefits, and a, a surge in stock prices? It, you know, it, it seems odd, Mark, but actually... It's really not that unusual. Hmm. If we look back to um, the last big financial crisis, 2008, 2009, unemployment was high then too. It, it hit close to about 10%, and it stayed high for five years. Well, yeah, and and uh, ironically, the stock market went up over 75% at that time. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess that is true. You know, you kind of lose perspective sometimes. So the stock market uh, went way up from 09 uh, to 14, even though unemployment was, uh, you know, the, in those numbers you just shared. So people were also going through home foreclosures, you know, the banks on the verge of failure. So is there a way we can see how this works? How is How does this become possible? Well, you know, when you think about this, uh, think about this way. When there's a major economic event like 2008 or even now, what do you do in your own family, right? You and your family reevaluate things like family expenses and eating out and uh, maybe wasted expenses, too many impulse purchases. And I know that uh, in our family, we have these reoccurring charges that show up on the Amex account every month, which by the way, drives me nuts because <laughs> a lot of it, I don't even know what it is. It's, you know, typically iTunes or, uh, you know, something like that. Right. And, uh, you know, we review this from the family with the family from time to time. 
you know, you're probably the same way, right? Yeah, we do. We have, you know, we drop things like uh, whatever streaming service we're not using. Obviously, our fuel costs are different because we hadn't been driving. Food costs even alter a little bit. So lots of things. Yeah. And car insurances, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. some people are getting discounts on that. We talked about last show. So, you know, in, in addition to cutting expenses, people might look to add a part-time job if they can find one, right? Or increase your job skills and just kind of get the house in order, so to speak, right? So a company is much the same way. They'll look at wasted expenses and see where to cut here and there, look for new innovation and, op- and different opportunities. But at the most basic level, the value of a stock is considered the present value of the future stream of cash flow. So I know it sounds kind of complicated, but if a company cuts expenses the way that you and I might cut expenses in our household, what do you think is the number one expense that a company has on its books? No, it's, it's payroll. Yeah. I mean, it's almost always the case, right? Absolutely. So if a company has lower payroll and asks its employees to step up and increase the workload uh, to cover for lower staff, it increases their profit margin. And also for transportation type companies that use a lot of fuel, like trucking or railroads or shipping, there's a big drop in expenses for fuel. So, you know, what do you think happens when people decide to get back on the airplane and fly again when the fuel prices for the airlines are this low? Well, hopefully it makes them a higher profit, which would make them happy. That's exactly right. Yeah. So if you look back in um, uh, the last crisis, back in 08, 09, it seems like we're always looking back at that point recently, right, Mark? It's, well, yeah, in a few years now, it'll be this one, right? It, that's it, exactly right. Yeah. We'll be saying, remember in 2020 what yeah. happened and how we rebounded? Yep. But back in 08, United Airlines stock price went from $47 a share to $3 a share. Ooh. I mean, that's a huge huge drop. Yeah. And the next five years, five years later, it was $60 a share. So don't get me wrong, per- persistently high unemployment is definitely not a good thing. However, people really need to understand that this statistic is not a perfect correlation to the stock market. In addition, this spike in unemployment, in this case, uh, compared to 10 years ago, it's coming off historically low unemployment numbers. You know, Just a few months ago, I guess in February, we had record low unemployment. And if we can get the economy opening up again, many people think that the um, the rate will sh- uh, drop sharply again, the unemployment rate. Uh, but there'll be disruptions and surprises ahead for sure. Yeah. I mean, and that's why a lot of times we talk about being diversified. There's a need for that, you know, and you just never know where winners and losers are going to come from and the different types of things. I mean, think about Zoom, the fact that what we're doing our podcast on. I mean, you and I know about it, but most people four months ago were like, what? Exactly. I think that their their user base went from like 20 million to like 200 million. Right. <laughs> yeah, pretty astronomical. <laughs> Over four months. So uh, no doubt about it. So we need to stick with the basic rules of investing, right? So diversify, don't time the market, don't try to pick individual stocks that you will think will be the winner. You know, there's almost 3000 stocks on the New York Stock Exchange alone. And most people are really focused now, in many cases on the five, what they call FANG stock. That's the Facebook Apple, Amazon, Netflix, and Google stocks. Mm-hmm. And history shows us going forward, these are not the stocks that will do best over the next five or 10 years. So none of these were the so-called hot stocks of 10 years ago. Back then, it was 
Microsoft and IBM, American Express, Alcoa, Aluminum, and um, hey, how about those big companies that don't even exist anymore, like Blockbuster Video, Kodak, <laughs> Toys R Us, right? Toys yeah. R Us just yeah. uh, went defunct, uh, you know, fairly recently. Yeah, you know, it seems strange that just ten years ago the Fang stocks weren't, you know, nearly as as. It just sounds odd when you think about how massive they are, and then you, yeah, you think about what really biz, you know, great big businesses like Blockbuster and so on and so forth. So yeah, things are changing all the time, that's for sure. So we want to make sure we do follow some of those basic principles as we were talking about here on the show. And of course, if you have questions or concerns, as always, folks, you can reach out to Don. Uh, before you take any action, you should always talk with a qualified professional anyway on, on anything you hear from any financial show, not just ours. Reach out to him at 800-664-1183. If you'd like to talk, 800-664-1183. And you can also go to donaldcash.com. Uh, there you'll find the website with a lot of good tools, tips, and resources. You can subscribe to the podcast. Uh, on whatever platform or app you choose, uh, there'll be some video content from time to time. So go check that out. Again, that is donaldcash.com. That is donaldcash.com. All right, and it's time for our cash connection now. So let's see what we've got that's come in on the emails. We've got Marshall in Cherry Hill, and he says, I have a variable annuity, and I just found out that the fees are very high, Don. I'd like to move the money somewhere else, but I'd have to pay a penalty to take it out. Is it worth the penalty to get away from the higher fees? Mark, this is a classic variable annuity question. Many people don't realize that these annuities, they're layered with a lot of fees. Uh, so Marshall, just some basics here. There's the mortality fee. There's the administration fee, the rider fee, the investment fee. The total of these fees are often could be four percent. I mean, some you know, basically yeah. between three and four percent, some even higher than that. So the statements don't make these expenses clear. Uh, that's one of the criticisms that I see in this and, and one that I have as well. In addition, many people are confused by the statements that show different values in the annuity. It shows an income value and an accumulation value, a surrender value. So the accumulation value is what I call the real value that does not include the surrender charge. The value goes up and down with whatever investments are in the annuity. The surrender value is what you would get if you just walked away from the annuity and kind of took the money and run, so to speak and ask the insurance company to write you a check for the current value of the annuity. The income value or the rider value is often the high value, the highest value in the statement. And this is basically what the insurance company bases its income that'll pay you if you took an income stream. So that's based upon your age and you know typically it could be 4% or more of that income value. So that is the basic, and the older you are, the higher the, the income value. And what a lot of people don't realize is that if someone had an income value of a certain amount and they passed away after five years, the heirs might get a lot less than you think in a lump sum because it would, the money would be taken out of the accumulation value. So it's a bit complex, but there's a lot of different elements of these annuities that, that a lot of people find a bit confusing. Well, now, Don, he mentions the penalty. Uh, what do you think you should do in that regard? So, you know, he should look at the remaining surrender penalties, Mark, and, and see how long it'll be before there are no penalties. Um, I have a, a process that I typically go through with clients. Uh, we go call the insurance company directly on the phone 
and review all of the expenses and surrender penalties and see how long until they disappear. But first, we review the purpose for the annuity. Why did you buy it in the first place? That's kind of a fundamental question, right? But you'd be surprised how many people don't ask that question. You know, what are your goals, your risk tolerance, uh, time horizon, other assets, your income, base expenses? Sometimes it makes sense, Mark, just to leave the annuity alone and keep it. Other times it makes sense to move it somewhere else or cancel it, particularly if the remaining surrender charges are low. Keep in mind, if the annuity expenses are, let's say, 4% per year, and the, the remaining surrender charge might be 3%, you're probably paying more in expenses uh, over the next year than in penalties. So my advice for Marshall is review all these points before making any decisions. Yeah, we always say that for sure. So thank you for the email question. We certainly appreciate it. Great advice from Don. Uh, if we, uh, we may throw up some links as well here on the podcast. So uh, with that, we're going to finish up our podcast here this week on our getting to know you as we do from time to time. So Don, what is something from the past that you get all nostalgic about on a regular basis? Oh boy, Mark, you know what it is right now? Just a winning baseball team to root for <laughs> any sports really. Yeah. Right. Um, the team I root for in baseball is the Mets. Okay. So our glory year was 1986. And recently they've been playing highlights or actually full games from playoffs from hmm. 1986. And it was just so thrilling to, to watch and to uh, go through all the drama and even knowing what's going to happen at the end. And uh, just last night they were playing highlights of playoff games from five years ago when they were in the World Series. And, uh, you know, you look back there at that time and the fans were rooting and everyone was happy and the teams were playing hard. There was none of this what's going on now in the in the world. And I'll tell you, it really makes you long for those days when uh, you could root for sports and not have to think about, you know, wearing masks and social distancing and things like that. Yeah, it seems like it's, uh, it seems like there's always something right now. But sports would be a welcome distraction, I know, for a lot of things. So hopefully we'll get back to that. And with that, we're going to wrap up our show this week on your money and your life. As we mentioned throughout the program, as folks, if you have a question or concern, always reach out to a professional before you take action. If you'd like, uh, you can do a 15-minute Zoom call with Don. Uh, just get on the calendar and let him know by calling 800-664-1183. Again, that's a 15-minute Zoom call at 800-664-1183. 1183 set up a time that works well and get that scheduled and of course as always go to donaldcash.com you can check out the website you can subscribe to us uh, on whatever podcasting platform you choose you can uh, find all the contact information you need to reach out to don there again at donaldcash.com don my friend thanks so much for your time this week i appreciate you as always and we will talk soon all right mark be well we'll see you next time here folks on your money and your life with Don Cash, CPA and CFP at Donald W. Cash and Associates. Investment advisory services offered through Donald W. Cash and Associates, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of New Jersey.